besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. The driver's seat. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome to the driver's seat, wherever you're listening around the country. It is Nims Azor here, joined as always by Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. Boys, it's a uh, unusual race week because it's not supercars we're looking forward to, but it is actually the 12 hour. The long lost How's that? 12 hour. We haven't seen it for ages. Dust the. Feels like it's take, been 12 years. Take the dust <laughs> off it and give it a polish up and let's go running. Yep. Be good. Even though I think we've only got 20, 20 odd entries, Stevie J, which will be. Which means, you which means, you, you, well, they can't bring in any yeah. overseas cars as, yeah. as they have done. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to see the cool things like the Bentleys and all that. Yeah. So, you know, that makes 15 for race start and probably eight for race finish. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ser- I mean, look, seriously, I, having done a couple of 12 hours, you've done a few 12 hours. We're going to sit and watch it, right? We're, 12 we're, hour too. We're going we're gonna to sit there and we're going to watch it. But... 20 cars for 12 hours going around Bathurst. You're going to have to be committed to watch the whole thing. Like, <laughs> you're going to have to have a family member racing in it, or, yeah, it, like, that's, I reckon, you're going to have to be committed to watch it. You can't have too much action because there'd be nothing left. Well, 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 I just hope there's a race. We, you know? we, I do just hope there's a race. I, I'm sure uh, this time around, too, Garth Tander has taken the choice of being behind the microphone rather than in a car. But, uh, look, we are counting down to the 12-hour, and we'll get into it in a bit of a deep dive later on. But we've got to get to our feature interview, thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask a mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. Now, this is a bloke that uh, has got a fairly credentialed career when it comes to uh, other forms of motorsport. He is a 2016 Victorian State Circuit Racing Formula Ford champion, a 2017 Australian Formula Ford champion, Champion, and he was third in the Porsche Micklin GT3 Cup Challenge in 2018 and 2019. Did pretty well for himself in 2022 until something decided to derail uh, these exploits for just a little bit. And I wonder what that is. <coughs> Coronavirus! <laughs> That's right. But um, <laughs> please welcome for the first time back to, well, to the driver's seat, making his debut, the one and only Max Vado. How you going, boys? <laughs> Mate, we are uh, we're pumped, and I tell you, the reason we're pumped, Max, is because I reckon, boys, in six or however many years we've been doing this, have we actually had a Carrera Cup Championship leader on our show? Oh. I don't think we have. We had Dylan O'Keefe after he won in Darwin, but was yeah, he? Yeah, but was he leader? leading the championship? No. I reckon. I reckon Max has come out. I reckon you're here on debut, Max, not only for yourself, but you're representing Carrera Cup and you are Robinson no Caruso on the driver's seat tonight, mate. Well done. Congrats. Bloody beautiful. Good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's, uh, it's been a pretty, you know, I mean, uh, 
we're going to talk a bit about obviously the racing because that's what you're here for. But um, we've we've you know you've had a you probably your solid most solid start to the season in uh, in whether that be sprint challenge or what you know for people listening in you've got the Michelin Sprint Challenge which is basically the oh, the Dunlop series the Dunlop of Super two, yeah, level 2 of Carrera Cup and then you got Carrera Cup which is which is main game so mate um yep. you boys were fast you know those you you're driving for for Techworks your car uh, all of the tech work tech work cars Easy were for you to say. yeah i know you know I've, I've only just got out of bed um <laughs> were fast down at uh, the AGP but how cool was it first time for as long as I can remember that you guys debuted a brand new car in Australia and uh, debuted at the Australian Grand Prix for the first event for, for your campaign in 2022. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty surreal feeling rolling out the gate as fast as we did. So coming to Grand Prix, Techworks had never topped the session before. So it was pretty cool. Luke topped P1 and then I came and front row P2 for qualifying and then, yeah. Well, uh, consistent all weekend and managed to end up on the top step, so it's pretty cool. So moving like moving into the race, mate, the races, I mean, to give you a bit of a background, Matty, 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 doesn't, Matty doesn't watch a hell of a lot of Carrera Cup and Cup Challenge. You know, he's looking at me going, what are you going to say, Stephen? <laughs> right? I can feel a drive-by coming so, here. <laughs> so, but what he, what he wouldn't know. Now, Max, Matty gives me a, a lot of crap about my driving standard ability, so my... Being the yep. have been the DS DSA the What's driving standard advisor What's drive through Johnson drive through Johnson now usually um, Max for some background because he's trying to leave the Max track doesn't early need the background to go to get <laughs> either dinner through the drive through on the way home or make the final <laughs> flight to get home early Max has Max has been on the re- receiving end Max haven't you of a couple of drive through Johnsons yeah, haven't you I've, I've copped the cop a couple of strays but you know you learn from them sometimes but that, but what I'm saying is that what I'm trying to get to is that mate um go into the start of this season uh from what i saw in those four races down at the agp you have all of a sudden uh developed a massive amount of uh patience under not so much understanding you've always been blindingly fast but yeah i think now that racecraft and and you know obviously you're a little bit older now not saying that you're really old but you're a little bit older than than that young kid when i saw in in cup challenge and it looks like to me that you're really thinking a lot more about uh, your races and the championship rather than each race as an individual race. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% on the same page with that. Um, I think just stepping back with COVID and all that stuff and, I don't know, some, something happened between, between um, 2020 and when I jumped back in the car last year at Bathurst. So, yeah, just a, a whole lot more relaxed when I jump into the, to the, uh, the cup car. But... I think it might have a bit to do with the sprint car because I just get to go ball to the walls and that thing and hold on for dear life and go for gold. So back in the cup car, a bit more relaxed and um, focused on the, the end result more than anything. So, Max, just to elaborate on the, the sprint car stuff, I didn't realise you are doing sprint car. We've obviously seen uh, Cam at, at uh, Monster Energy Racing doing it. Um, uh, we see, uh, what's his name in, in Trans Am, Stevie J, um, <clears throat> The guy who's leading Trans Am, my goodness, I've had a complete mental blank. Um, Nathan Hearn, he, he, Nathan Hearn yeah. he does sprint car. Yeah, what can yeah. you take from from going around a sprint car circuit with your hair on fire at a million miles an hour with a thousand horsepower? How can you? What, what can you take from that and relate that to circuit racing 
to something that's got mega grip and mega aero like the new cup car. Yeah, so you, you'll be surprised how much actual grip you get in the sprint car. I was, I was very amazed by the speed and obviously it has a whole lot of horsepower, but just, just the grip and the G-forces you get through the corner. So I don't think you can take anything driving style from a sprint car. It's its own thing. It, it's just stupid the way you drive. It doesn't make any sense. But um, just basically because everything's happening so quickly, you get back into something like a cup car. Like We've still got 500 horsepower, but it's just... It's not quite the same animal as sprint car is. So you get back in the cup yeah. car, you're a lot more relaxed. Everything's moving slower. So yeah, I don't think you, you don't take anything driving style away, but you just you're very very quick reaction time in a sprint car. So that probably correlates into the cup car. And you know, I've seen you drive quite a lot of cars, Max. I've seen you obviously drive the sprint car. Uh, you guys build um, Hyundai Excel race cars, and you also race Hyundai Excel race cars. You race yep. uh, Cup Challenge, Cup Cars. So this versatility of driving a lot of different cars, whether that be you know on the dirt, front-wheel drive bitumen, rear-wheel drive bitumen, you know, with paddle shift, all that sort of stuff, that's sort of very similar to what we see Shane Van Gisbergen do. He just gets in his bum in anything and drives. And, and as you said, the technique in a, in a – in a, sprint car is not really much that you can take into a circuit racing car, but it keeps you versatile. It keeps your reaction times there. And, and I think, you know, do, do you agree with driving anything and everything can just help you in a broad range of things, which, which in turn helps you in what you want to do with whether it be, you know, circuit racing and, and Carrera cup and, and ultimately most probably supercars. Yeah. 100% obviously, Seat time is seat time. Doesn't matter if it's a XL, HQ, Aussie race car, whatever I can get in, I'm perfectly happy to jump in and, and have a go. Um, you're always going to learn little things here and there that, that you may not have learned before. But um, yeah, obviously driving cars as much as you can is massive, and just keeping race fit. So I, yeah. I'll drive a drive a sprint car, and you do it just do a ten lap heat race, and you're nearly out of breath, but then you you jump back in the cup car and do a 50 minute enduro. So it's 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 weird. They they all have their their own tweaks and quirks to them, but yeah, you you learn a lot every car you jump in. And and what about um, obviously the knowledge you you work on the cars yourself, you, you sort of know yeah. the ins and outs of mechanical the mechanical mechanical side of things. Do you think that for you does help as a as an individual and as a driver, uh, being a bit bit more of an advantage to others? Um. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, so I'm a qualified mechanic by trade and, and work full-time for the TechWorks team. So uh, everything that gets done to my car, I do myself. So, yep, I, I definitely know the ins and outs of the car. And Andre, my engineer, we, we work together really well. We bounce ideas off each other probably a lot more than a lot of drivers would do. We, we trust each other a lot. And, um, yeah, we, we learn a lot as we go, and we're happy to, to work with each other. So Max, where to from here? What are you? What What are your plans moving forward? You know, say you're lucky enough to get to the end of the year and win Cup Car. Do you want to head overseas like Matt Campbell and Jordan Love and all those sorts of blokes and and Jackson Evans, or are you trying to make a career here in Australia, or are you taking that Porsche Porsche pathway overseas if you can? Um, to be completely honest with you, my dream's just to drive a car for a living. If it if that's a a Cup Car, a Supercar, a Sprint Car. A drag car, it doesn't bother me. As long as I'm I'm in a seat driving each weekend, I'd be stoked to do that. But um, 
obviously the Porsche pathway is pretty awesome and a, a great opportunity to end up like Matt Campbell and Jackson Evans have. But um, yeah, I, I'd I'd love to go to America or something like that, do do sprint cars, NASCAR, and, and some IMSA and GT stuff over there. But I'll just uh, take take it as it comes and yeah. What about uh, what about having your teammate as as an ex Bathurst champion in Luke Hilda? How, <laughs> I mean, I, I know you're beating him about at, at the moment in the championship, but um, you know, obviously a wealth of knowledge there. He hasn't had the best start to the season. Uh, made a couple of mistakes himself down at the AGP. Um, whereas normally it'd be the young chap making the mistakes. So I think you've got one up on him there. But what's it like having Lukey in the in the team? And you know, I know you've driven for uh, other teams as well. I know you've driven for Sonic, who's another well-known um, Cura Cup team uh, down there in, in Melbourne. But um, I think that, um, you know, having guys like Luke Gildon would definitely be uh, an advantage for you uh, moving forward. Yeah, definitely. He's, he knows the ins and outs of, of a motorsport career and how to create one. Um, he's an awesome guy to talk to, just a, a great bloke. I always give him a bit of shit when he's uh, cleaning the floors or something like that, saying that he used to be a Bathurst champion, now he's cleaning the floors and stuff like that. But no, he's, he's a good guy, a good guy to learn off and, and a great driver. So he's got a whole lot of car speed and, yeah, just learning how he how he drives the cars. He's been around a lot longer than I have and I can learn a lot. Hey, so I've got, I've got two, two little questions to ask you here. One... Um, obviously, knowing that your car's backed by tyre power, um, how do you feel about stealing Craig Lowndes' sponsor? <laughs> yeah. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. We know. We all know Craig's. We all know Craig's uh, synonymous to tyre power. But secondly, secondly, you've driven for Sonic Motor Racing Services. Yep. Um, obviously, Mick Ritter, Michael Henry, uh, down there in Melbourne. And now you're driving for TechWorks, uh, Rob Woods, who I know really well. Rob and I, well, Rob and I finished third at the Bathurst Six Hour in his in his uh, AMG Mercedes. Matthew, did you know that? You would have known that, Matthew. Surely. Say again. You would have known that uh, Rob. That was 2018. Uh, Max's wasn't boss, it, Steve? 2018, that I finished uh, third at the Six Hour with with Max's boss. Oh, I did know that. So, and I know Rob really well, right? So. Rob Rubis? Rob? No, Rob Woods. Rob Rob Woods, Woods, sorry. So Rob and uh, Mick Ritter, who is the harshest? Who's the toughest out of the two? Um, Yeah, it's a hard one. I'll I'll rampage Rob. He's an angry fellow, and I've seen some things thrown around the workshop already. So I never actually got to see that out of Mick, which was rather surprising. I I worked for him as well. Didn't see anything get thrown around, so I guess... I guess Rob's a little bit more angry than than Mick, but yeah, they're, they're both very very hard on on the drivers and mechanics. They want everything to be perfect, which is good. It's a it's a good environment to be in. Uh, let me give you a tip for the future. Maybe maybe your ex boss, maybe slag him, not your, your current, your current one. boss. <laughs> but, but, but I agree with you. I agree with you. But no, uh, but no, these no, got but these guys um but, yeah, but these guys, um, you know, knowing both of them, I've known both of them for quite a while, and Rob and Mick are just so passionate yeah. and, and and are desperate to win, aren't they? So they expect, you know, 110% from everybody, and um, if it doesn't happen, then obviously, you, like any any father, uh, although my dad didn't do it um, because he just never used to speak to me, uh, would uh, would get angry when it didn't go their way. So, I mean, I get it, and... I think that it shows a passion in these guys and, and, you know, shows that you're with the 
with a team of guys that want to go out and win races and not are just there to make up the numbers. Yeah, yeah, Rob's, Rob doesn't have a big motorsport background like a lot of people that, that build a team, but he's massively driven to win and he'll do absolutely anything to get there. So he's, he's hard work and he's always on the phone talking to people, trying to organise deals and, yeah, just a massively hard-working bloke that wants to win and will do anything to get there. And, and you know, obviously these sort of guys, and I've seen these guys before, Matty, in, you know, that own big businesses and Rob's got a, a massive business uh, down, well, it's actually Australia-wide, commercial interior projects who do a lot of internal shop fittings and yeah. fit-outs and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of people working for him. They're, they're busy guys, so they haven't got time to muck around and, and, and not be successful, you know. So, I mean, they expect success and it doesn't matter what they do, whether it's the building industry, whether it's a race team that he's, that he's doing that he's sort of not accidentally fallen into, but he's, he's enjoyed it, he loves driving, um, and he's turned that into a, a small business as well. So, you know, you, you can expect these guys to want to succeed in anything that they do. Yeah, I, mate, look, I, there, there's no – every time I've been involved with a business person starting a team, um, it's all they ever want to do. There is no excuse for for they don't like coming second, do they, Max? They don't like <laughs> they they don't have the patience to build up, build up. I mean, even if we look at Team Eighteen with Charlie Schwerkold, um, he's finding it difficult to get up to the front and all that kind of stuff. And He'd you love can to tell be second, it's, though. It's <laughs> seriously, <laughs> <laughs> oh Nimsy, I could have said a lot then. Matthew. Yeah, I know you could have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I genuinely think that. Um, uh, guys like this who are, or, or people like this who start up teams, don't have the patience for to be coming second for too long. They always want to be first, and they push their drivers and their team, Max. And and you know you're you're subject to that now. They're they're really pushing. Yeah, I was I was pretty lucky to just kind of kind of get a bit of a call up to to end up at that seat. So last year I wasn't really really thinking much about cup car. I was just thinking about about how to set up my own life and a bit more sprint car racing than anything. But yeah, got a phone call from Porsche and Rob and got the opportunity to drive for him at Bathurst. And yeah, now we're here. I'm living up in the Gold Coast working for him and it's all going well. So Max, obviously we're looking ahead. Uh, um, you got Winton coming up in a couple of weeks, but then you got Darwin, Townsville, and then you got your traditional rounds like Sandown, the Bend, and uh, the Bathurst 1000 supports, obviously, before you wrap up at the Gold Coast. Uh, nice way to finish up at home too. Uh, be good to see yeah, that. Uh, be good to still see the uh, the orange numbers on the tire power. Yeah, Porsche. for adults is back. <laughs> school, yeah. school is for adults. The Coast. Yeah, but, school uh, is for adults. But mate, like there is there are a couple of tracks there like that you know pretty well, and also some tracks that you don't know pretty well. So what are you doing? Are you yep. spending some time on the sim? You, uh, can you even do that? Like, what, how do you sort of warm yourself up for the places that you don't quite know too well? Um, for the places I don't know too well, I, I do a little bit of sim work. I'm not a, a massive fan of it. Especially if it's not on iRacing, you're not going to get the real fundamentals of the car to learn it. But I do probably a couple of hours on the sim before I head to a racetrack that I don't know, learn, learn the corners, lots of vision, lots of data, and just go off of all that. But we go to Winton next. I've done a stupid amount of laps around there. That's, that's Sonic's old test, well, their test track. So I've done a crazy amount, amount of laps there. So know that like the back of my hand, probably a bit more than... QR, our, our new test track up here. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, I'll, we'll be good to go. I'll tell you what, Max, that's probably, you're probably the only person that's ever looked forward to going to Winton uh, that's ever appeared on the driver's seat. But uh, Hey, hey <laughs> Nimsy, though, just but just quickly, there's no... Uh, Carrera Cup have, haven't actually got a testing restriction. So 
they do they do do a bit of testing. They can travel interstate and do testing, unlike obviously the supercar guys. I know, and I heard today, and I'm not sure if it's correct or not, but I heard that McElroy's have got 38 test days planned for the year around the country. 38. That's what I heard. Yeah. I don't know budget, if it's true. Yeah, big budget racing right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How's the budget? Because they're up in Darwin a couple of weeks ago. They were so up their in truck Darwin, driver, Damien it. Van West, yep. was yeah. up there. So, uh, God, that's big budget racing when you've got 38 test days. <laughs> and you still and you don't, Max, and you're still beating them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we're, we're giving it a go, that's for sure. So when we hit the track, we, we give it 110% and save the money where we can. Well, well, that's probably a good motto to have, mate. But um, Max, uh, thanks for jumping on board the driver's seat, mate. Hopefully you and Lukey go well at Winton, and uh, hopefully we'll chat to you down the road, mate. Yeah, thank you. Cheers for having me. So easy. Matt Badeau there was our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Felters. Ask a mechanic for Ryko Felters, the professional's choice. Uh, this is hey. the driver's seat. Before we wrap up, though, boys, uh, we got a couple of texts coming in. Yeah, and can I just say, <laughs> look, I apologise gratefully for that interview because I really don't know a lot about Cup Car. I've driven one. They're ace, but as... Uh, you didn't crash it. Yes, no, I didn't crash it. <laughs> yep, as Peter Munta, from... In Munta Bay has called you Munta out Bay has said, contributing well, Matty. Rob who? Yeah, I'm, thank you, Peter from Munta Bay. Thank you for listening so closely. You can't be perfect every week, while, Peter. While you're going through those texts, do you, you want to rip through those other texts as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, last week um, I did. There was, a, there was a comment about Shane Van Gisbergen doing his final... Doing his fastest lap on the final lap under yellow flags, and I did kind of brush it off. You're quite correct, Mark. Uh, formerly uh, from McLeod, now for Merrigan. Um, I can and, clarify that and, too. Well, good. Please do, because Mark's asking for consistency. All we want is consistency because it's he thinks it's decisions like that that make people believe that Triple Eight mm. and Rich Uncle Roland and Rich Uncle Jamie and SVG run the sport. So, we, we, uh, we got Mark, an early serve there from Mark. Very like, we we, did. I've had two, like I've had two here. I've had I've had one from Mark and I've had one from Peter. Get, get, you know, settle down, folks. <laughs> um, give us some clarification, Stevie okay, J. So actually, I was with Craig Bed through the week, and right? SVG did not set his fastest lap on the last lap. It was the second last lap. His last ah, lap was two and a quarter tenths there shy. You go. So there uh, you go. there's a bit of clarity. Yeah. And uh, and I double-checked that on Natsoft. Right. And it's correct. Yeah. So there you go. So he set his fastest lap on the lap that those two cars come together and went off. Same lap. Right. Okay. All right. So he just set the fast lap. Then those two cars went off. He was on his last lap when those two cars went off because obviously he was in the lead. And he was two and a half tenths down on that lap. Yeah, right. Okay. There, there you go. go. There Thank you, go, Mark. Mark. It, there you go. It, Clarification. See, it, it um, might, might have taken us seven days to sort it out, but we sorted it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, but, don't, don't hassle us. Don't keep, you know. I say that to my wife. So don't keep hassling me. You asked me a year ago to mow the lawns. I will get to it. Get to it eventually. It's, it's an Stop eventual. Nagging. It's an eventual job. But, yeah, you're listening to the driver's seat. We're going to be opening up the Classic Cars Corner in just a bit. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Bathurst 12-hour and put Winton in the uh, the windshield as well, too. But this is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. You can text in 0433-981116 if you want to be part of the show. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia together. As always, we um, we want your feedback. Yes. 0433 <laughs> I was going to get... I was, I was, I was basically, I was going to talk about something on the rundown, but I want to get to these. Uh, well, technically, I'm going to talk about Fords because um, our good mate, mm-hmm. Tommy in Toowoomba, 
Jimmy! He has uh, jumped on board. <laughs> <laughs> that was very high pitch, Matthew. <laughs> it, did, you just, did you sit on a Jack's cracker oh, well, or something I accidentally? Geez, like it was high, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I thought that if I didn't have the camera there, I would have thought that Stevie went for a grab somewhere <laughs> to get that octave. But, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> NMZ, I did not. He's on the other side of the studio, oh, mate. He'd, he'd have to well have, away he'd, from that thing. He'd have to have his glasses on. <laughs> uh, you'd have to have your glasses on if you're going to grab that. Um, so, <laughs> so this one's from Tommy in Toowoomba. Hi, Stevie J. With TCM going to SMP soon, are we really not going to see the mighty XD Falcon competing in this round? If true, it's very sad. But is there any way we could get some driver's seat crowdfunding to get you there? (laughs) Oh, you know, Dick Johnson style. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, mate, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's these things don't run on thin air and they're expensive to run as is any race car. So, um, you know... Our whole program was based around our sponsorship and, and and our support from from all of our sponsors. We're lucky enough to, you know, my my and within that, you know, I know there was a, was a Speed Cafe story about it all, and and same with Auto Action. Um, it's my priority right now with losing um, Full Throttle Group between Jet and myself was to get Jet back on track. Yeah. Um, you know, he's at the start of his career. I've, my, I've had my professional driving career. I do it because I love it. I do it because the fans love it. The fans love the car. They love the Johnson name out there. Um, and, you know, I guess in a way, Jet's still pushing that. He's still got the Johnson name out there, but he's he's the new one coming up. So I wanted to make sure that he was funded and, and we were out, luckily up, able to get Napper on board and, and have Jet basically, I wouldn't say secure, but... We've got nearly it's a enough. Help. It's a help at yeah, least. It's yeah, it's a help to get him through the year. Um, and then, you know, putting myself second. So, yeah, we're still pushing on. Um, you know, we're still talking to people. As there's quite a lot of interest in the XD. Um, and, you know, we're doing what we can. If we can get it on track for, for Sydney in a few weeks, which is looking pretty tough at the moment, but if we do, great. But if not, um, you know, we'll look for Townsville and, and the future races. So in addition to that, Little Mac in Toowoomba has text in, and he says, true or false, TCM True Blue is for sale. All I'll say to that is everything's for sale. Mm. Everything, everything's. For, I mean, it's true. Everything's for sale. Of course, Someone, everything has its there's, price. There's quite a lot of people that have actually expressed interest in buying the XD. There you go. And paying good money for it. You know what I mean? So sure. at some stage, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that I could get a couple of guest drives here and there in a few cars. Um, and if someone comes along with silly money to buy the XD because of, of course you do what it is, of course you do it. I'd be silly not to do it. You know and, I mean? and just in addition to that, um, Little Mac also asks, who's your pick for the second McLaren seat next year, Herter or O'Will Award or someone else? Now, Little Mac, you teasing, tricky little bugger, you are assuming that our mate Dan Ricardo won't be in the second seat at McLaren for next year. We are going to cover topics such as that when we wrap up the Miami Grand Prix a little later on the show. So stay tuned, <laughs> uh, little Mac. How's that so you read your run tooth? sheet tonight, Matty. Oh, I did. Well, no, you I'm just assuming we were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was just like, geez, great prep there, Matthew. But no, no. Look, don't be silly. I was about ready to jump in for you there, Nims, and go, ah, don't say it. <laughs> That's segment eight. Well, um, uh, th- thanks for texting in there, Tommy and Toowoomba. 0433 is the number if you would like to get involved. But uh, you're listening to the driver's seat. We're about to slide open the doors to the classic cars corner and uh, we're going to be starting some wars or at least wondering 
if the wars can continue. Find out what Malcolm's got to say straight Ooh. after this on the Aggressive. driver's seat. It is, oh, a little, it is a little bit. Mm. When, it's when, actually segment five. Sorry, fellas, not segment eight. <laughs> the Miami Grand Prix. Miami, right, okay, yeah. good to know. Oh, look, we'll get there eventually. This a, nice <laughs> big, a, nice, a nice big tease for everyone jumping aboard the driver's seat. But, yes, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. And as always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It is available now in the App Store. And uh, just I've got to quickly, before we get to Malconio and open mm-hmm. up the doors of the classic cars corner, I need to read this text on the text line, 0433-981116 is the number. This is from Lee. Hey, Steve, is it true that you and Jed are doing the 12-hour in a... But look, everyone, it's an AU Falcon! Maybe that's why the XD could be for sale. <laughs> Moving on up. Well, we we need to... Uh... We, we know, I just can't, that, that, that sound grab's unreal. <laughs> we, uh, we need to, you know, spare up some, uh, some Colin Ash so that we can afford to get one of these AU Falcons because they're, 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 you know, they're pretty hard to come by now and, and to get a good one, you're spending well, you couldn't get well a good up. one when they were new. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's harsh. what I mean. That's harsh. Um, one yeah, more. but sometimes the truth is harsh, Nimsy. Uh, here's one more too, because I want to follow up text to this one. Hey, Stevie, Matt and Nimsy, love the no bullshit motorsport talk and the inside scoops. Jason in Encounter Bay in SA. I have no idea where Encounter I, Bay is. I reckon Encounter Jason. I reckon that's the first time we've heard from Big J. I don't even know where Encounter Bay is. That's cool, Encounter Bay. Get on you, Encounter Bay. Where's Encounter Bay, Jason? Yep. Just uh, give us a quick sneaky geography lesson on the text. Well, oh, Google can know do that. Where you're at. Yeah, hey, Google, Google can, can do but, but I don't want to. Google can do that, but I want to hear from Jace. Yeah, there's a and lot give of me, things. Give that... me the top, Jace. give me the top three things to do in Encounter Bay in South Australia and keep it nice. Don't give me Just homework give me to the do top on... three things to do in I've Encounter Bay. I've had a couple Bay. of encounters in, in Adelaide. All right. Jesus Christ. All right, now now's a good enough what? time. Now's a good enough time to open the doors to the classic cars you and me corner, both, brother. <laughs> this is the classic cars corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Oh dear Lord, save me, Malcolm. How? <laughs> I like you this I'm glad evening. you guys suitably lowered the tone. <laughs> well, we had to do that because um, yeah. we knew you were coming Look, on. And... Mal, I'd, I'd love to say that normally they're not like this, but we all know the truth. <laughs> but that's what we. I'm listening. You're well used to it. That's it. And Malcolm, that's what we love about this show that you've supported for so long is when we get text messages like Jason from Encounter Bay. Hey, Steve, Matt, and Nimsy, love the no bullshit motorsport talk and the inside scoops. That's what we are. We're just genuine monkeys just having a chat about what we love. So, uh, yeah. So, well, hey, Malcolm, welcome back to the show. And if you don't know, you make it up. <laughs> and if we don't know, we just make it up. If you don't know, you go, Rob who? Rob who? <laughs> <laughs> Which is in relation to our guest earlier. Uh, welcome back to the show. First time since our out, outrageously successful live show. That was very in cool, Melbourne, wasn't it? Which was very that cool. Was I mean. I think half of us got COVID after it, but that's all right. That's okay. We uh, we had a great time, and thank everyone for coming down. <laughs> um, but coronavirus. you, were, absolutely coronavirus, <laughs> uh, Malcolm. Where in the world, Carmen San Diego, do we find you this evening? In uh, sunny downtown Noosa, without the sun and lots of rain for a whole <laughs> week. <laughs> for a Wetter whole than week. An otter's pocket. <laughs> Wetter than an otter's pocket. Absolutely, wow. it is. So, in the palatial, 
in the palatial Owens beachfront pad with your lovely <laughs> wife Joe. Tell me no what sub <laughs> tell me what subject we are covering this evening. Okay, well this evening we are covering Ford versus Holden, Falcon versus Commodore. And why this now was the demise of the Commodore in Australia and particularly in supercars from next year raises the question. What happens next with the Ford Holden rivalry that's gone on for half a century? So that's, that's, that's really that's where we're at, particularly with the announcement from WAU that it's defecting to Ford next year to take the Mustang over the Camaro. It really made me think about how this is going to play out in the future. Because if we have a look at it, the locally produced Aussie icons were the backbone of the automotive life, despite all the imported brands such as you know, Mercedes and BM at the top end, Kia, Hyundai at the other. It didn't matter for a middle segment of Australia. It was Ford or Holden, Falcon or Commodore being washed in the drive on the weekend, completed the Aussie dream. And I think that's a that's a real key part of it. Yeah, sure. So your journey in sorry, mate. I said yes, sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, your journey in life was matched with the model. So you start with the Povo Pack base model, then you go to the S, <laughs> Sport Six, to the locally produced V8, and then the older blokes were getting into the Fairlanes or the Calais, and it was all about the street cred. And now it's all gone away. So the question is, the change is forcing fans to um, question their passions and um, and where, where are they going to land? Because particularly if you consider what goes on on the mountain in October each yeah. year, the Bathurst Blue and Red Pilgrimage, I mean, just think about it. Imagine Moffat or DJ in a Holden, Brocky or Scaife in a Falcon. I mean, Lounsey did it in 20, 20, 2001, but some went with him, but most stayed loyal until he came back to the Red Lions. So... It's really time to um, to pick your side, isn't it? Don't you think? Well, I, it's a hard one, as you rightly say, because Camaro and GM. I mean, GM exists in Australia through its GM special vehicles thing, but Camaro is a product you're not going to be able to buy. You can't buy it in Australia anymore. So, I I, I genuinely. I love what WAU have done. I mean, Malcolm, you're a businessman, so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that switch across to Ford. I saw someone today wrote that that. Um, uh, Holden and Triple Eight ended the marriage four years ago, and WAU just signed just signed the divorce papers because that's really what happened, wasn't it? There was divorce, and they went to Triple Eight, and and WAU were no longer the factory. I mean, do you, as a businessman, see why why Ryan has done what he's done? Absolutely, because there's no place for emotion in business. Um, there is, there is. I mean, heritage is a big thing. We talk about nostalgia a lot particularly when I'm talking about classic cars, one of the biggest drivers is nostalgia. But I think you need to weigh that up against what's happening in the market, what's available for sale. And for those guys, I'm sure it's where the um, sponsorship dollar or where they can get some funding because there's obviously no factory funding coming from Holden because it basically, it, well, it doesn't basically, it actually doesn't exist in Australia, whereas whereas Ford, Ford does. <clears throat> so there's a couple, of, a couple of little points I want to make about this. And you guys can help me out here. Who was the first to produce an Australia, a fully Australian designed and produced car? Was it Ford or Holden? Holden. Ford. Correct. Holden. Holden. It was, it was yeah. the FX. It was the FX. first wholly designed car manufactured in Australia. The actual first Ford was the XA in 72. So that's a long way because all the previous wow. models were based on the US models. But Ford sold cars in Australia before Holden because it was importing the Model T as knockdowns and they were being assembled at dealers. And that was from really um, mm -hmm. 1909, 1910. Yeah, right. So 
the first Falcon that was manufactured in Australia was the XK series. So that was September 1960, which was based on the US model. And then if we're going to go particularly, it's, it's hard because you can go Ford or Holden, you can go Commodore or Falcon because the um, first Commodore was the VB in 78. So Holden, uh, sorry, Falcon had a big start on them because you have five generations of Commodores and seven generations of Falcon. But what's interesting is even with the latest start, there are about 3 million produced of each. Right. So about 3 million Falcons, 3 million Commodores. The Commodores obviously over a much shorter period. So that just showed that the Commodores regularly outsold Falcons. And in fact, they clocked up 70, month in, 70 months in a row of outselling um, the, the Falcon until the BA knocked them off in um, 2003. So um, it was really a, a, a trading top place between 82 to 88 was all fold and the Commodore took over. And then Commodore led for 15 years in a row until 2010. Wow. And then, of course, both started to decline against the Japanese and the Korean car brand. So, yeah, so um, I, I really think the Commodores had it. And look, one of the, one, I think one of the real things is, is in the 60s, you, you, your dad or your grandfather, or depending on how old you are, would buy a car. And he, without even knowing it, that could start generational allegiances. Like my family was always buying Fords. My grandfather bought Fords. My dad bought Fords. So naturally, we were always towards the Ford side of the fence, you know, supporting it in supercars, buying the Fords, and others are completely, completely holding. So um, it's it's often a good question to ask someone that's that's blue or, or, or red what, what what your dad or what your grandfather drove because it is it is generational and it's a little sad that some of that um, has gone away. Oh, look, so I, I, look I think that's one of the biggest one of the big one of the things that I've I've read online, Malcolm, is the backlash from people saying, you know. Um, my father and I have followed HRT for a million years and I, I can't follow them in a Ford and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. It is a multi-generational thing. My old man worked for Holden for years and years and years in marketing. And we had Holden's for years and years and years and years and years as company cars. And I'm a Holden guy. Um, if they were around, I'd probably be driving one now, but I'm not. So I don't. But um, yeah, I love them too. So they are absolutely multi-generational. And I think also the demise of those has really put um, some pressure on supercars because, I mean, there was some waning in the following, particularly with the media, as we've discussed previously, and the access to free-to-air and some people getting a bit um, ticked off with it. And um, now that basically Commodores and Falcons are out, it's sort of, I think for some people, go, well, I've had enough. So it's interesting to see what supercars are going to do now to change that to say how we're going to get the people back because it was fear that we're going to have a whole lot of Kia Stingers running around and BMWs, but that that obviously hasn't happened, which I think is great for the sport. I think there's separate categories that are absolutely perfect for those cars and and there's nothing wrong with the racing, whether it be those or Career Cup or or, or, um, TCM. Um, But keeping the, the supercars pure, well, I think for the moment, it's the right thing to do. So oh, look, we, I, I think you're had... absolutely right, but they got no choice, Mel, either. They literally oh, have look. no choice. They, mm. they, it only, was only ever going to be GM. There are no international manufacturers. And just hey, quickly, on another point, very quickly, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, have you ever been to Encounter Bay, Malcolm, in South no. Australia? Well, we had I've a... Never uh, encountered it. <laughs> we oh. had, uh, well, well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Week, folks. Hang on. 
There we go. There it is. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had one of our listeners who's a long-time listener, first-time texter, text in. Jason. And, um, Jason, and we asked Jason where Encounter Bay is, and he said it's just, around, uh, just down the coast from Victor Harbour, uh, an hour south of Adelaide. And I asked him what the three things that uh, it was most famous for. He said, Schoolies Festival, beautiful coastlines, and being God's waiting room. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Also a good place room. to go to burn the car you steal in Adelaide, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not at AU Falcon, though. <laughs> I don't know, Jace. Tell us. It's an burn- AU Falcon! <laughs> <laughs> Do we get it? <laughs> Back on track, back on go, track. Go, go, go. Back on track. Okay, let's talk fleets because both Commodores and Falcons dominated the fleets of taxis, police cars and company vehicles in the day. And the choice of company car, and I remember this as a, as a young marketer coming through and I was, I was fortunate to get my first company car, was always Falcon, Commodore, Camry. And only the accountants and the cricket fans chose the Camry, usually beige. And a friend of mine who was a cop loved the Commodore so much that when he was given an XR8, and I won't name any names, Bryson, um, he set out to destroy it in two shifts so he didn't have to drive it again. In fact, he destroyed two of them because he had such a love for Commodores that he just wanted to get back into one. So there you, there you go. go. And if we talk about Bathurst, Holden 34, 421. So Holden's certainly well ahead there. Nissan's yeah. one too, but not from the Callies. That was the GTR days, I think. And yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. I think it's a Jag one in '85 with John Goss. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, call it. Yeah, well, that was John Goss. Yeah, back in '85. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people... was um, the Eggenberger Sierra. So yeah, it would have been '85, I think. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, the best Bathurst cars were the XC Falcon Coupes with Moffat Bond and the um, A9X. Um, SS's of Brock and Richards. There was also a pretty good XD in 81, I reckon, as well. Um, there was, we there was a pretty second-hand one in 1980 as well. <laughs> <laughs> when he did a McKeldon off the top there, yeah. Into the wall for Matt McKeldon. <laughs> <laughs> That's three drive-bys, two from, two from listeners and one from a guest. Good on you, Matt. <laughs> That's the trifecta. I've been done. I'll just, I'm going to turn my mic off and just sit back here and let uh, Stevie J take over the show. What's your take on that, mate? It's total bullshit. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly what I thought of this. Unsolicited attack on McKeldon this evening. Fully agree with you, Tim Edwards. Let's get, stop getting, stop putting Malcolm off track. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Sorry Mel. All I'm right, with your segment. So we'll get off the, off the mountain. Now, Touring Car Championships, Ford 27, Holden 22. But if we look at Commodore, it's 18 and Falcon 17, so Commodore's ahead again. Holden's obviously won the most races. We saw them, uh, Van Giz clock up the 600 in, in Perth just a couple of weeks ago, last week, I think. And Ford has just over 400, so pretty much gapped them there. I think if, um, if you look at special vehicles, this is a pretty easy one because I think Holden Special Vehicles has really developed a much better product and much better brand than, than the Tickford offering. I think it dominates the the high-end performance market. And I think they just built their brand and developed it and marketed a lot better than than Ford did. I think Ford was sort of in and out of it, a bit like they've been in with racing. You know, we're in for a little bit, out for a bit, whereas Holden stayed the stayed the journey in, in both cases. I mean, there's some excellent that, Mal, out I, there. Mel, yep. I think with that too, do you agree that back, obviously, when I was racing, it for me, it, it felt like the HSV side of things um, – even from from right back from from the silver the silver bullets that they used to race the, the 
they were always more aggressive. They would always bring out a car with more power. They'd always bring out a car with, with a, a much larrier um, body kit than Ford would. Ford tended to be quite conservative, and I think that was probably what hurt them the most between them and HSV back then. And I think so, and particularly with the Utes, which was really the bread and butter of a lot of people that wanted to, mm. a hot Falcon or, or oh, a Oh, that Malou Ute, Ute just killed it, didn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, the amount of power that thing had was just crazy. But, I mean, it absolutely sold. But I think now, if you look at it, um, that the Mustangs are out there, and there's some really nice top-end Mustangs, such as the Shelby GT500, you know, the Eleanors and these types of things. So I think now that Ford's really been able to hook into the reputation and heritage of the US cars, because obviously Mustang goes back to the 60s, and they've had some beautiful cars, lots of movie cars, and I think that's really going to help them um, move along. So if we look at the classic car market, Ford's number one with the GT HA Phase 3, because one sold last year for $1.3 million, and that was the most expensive road car registered in Australia. And then Peter Brock's personal 85 SS Group A, it sold for $1 million and fifty. But I think that had a little bit of star power as well. So I think if that wasn't Peter Brock's, that may have been about half that, maybe six six fifty, because that was one of the, the blue minis. And they're selling anywhere between four and six. But if you look at the prices, Group A's, the blue minis, the Brock Commodores, the Monaro's, A9X, Tiranas, they're well ahead of the, of the Falcons. I mean, if you look at, other than the um, GTHOs, you've got some really nice Coupe Falcons from the 70s that are commanding big money, but certainly not at all what um, what the Commodore stuff has. So I guess the, the, the final thing with this is, is, is what's next. I think for Ford, it's clearly the Mustang. And I see that's been a huge success on and off track. And to me, I really feel that win on, win on Sunday, sell on Monday, sort of come back with that. And there's a lot of people that, fell in love with Ford again with, with the um, the Mustang and particularly the V8 because that's that's really what we're all about. And I think particularly in the, in the McLaughlin DJR years when it was just so dominating that people just wanted to get one. And for Holden, well, really nothing but the Camaro, which is still a GM product, um, but you can't buy one. I mean, unless it's a personal import or a special vehicles. Um, but I think a lot of Red Alliances will continue with the Camaro. The problem is the Ford is still here, the Holden isn't. The future may be all electric Kias, but I doubt it. And I think the Summonats crowd will definitely not approve of that. So <laughs> it's be interesting to sit back and, and see where this plays out over the next 12 months to 18 months. And I really feel that the Supercars Championship is really like the, the focal point of this. And, and really we'll see what happens with the sponsorship and the support and whether we start to lose an audience. And... As we've said many times, I think it's about time that they reconsidered the way they they offer the offer the product to, to the consumers. I reckon. I think they might uh, they might find themselves a bit lacking if they don't do something. I reckon that you were pretty spot on when you talk about the, how the win on uh, win on Sunday, buy on Monday mentality is kind of coming back with Ford because you're right, you do see a lot of Mustangs, and considering the fact that like walking through and United, you're not going to get a team currently on the grid that's got more links to, you know, bleeding red that sort of see that. Hang on a second. There's a there's a much bigger commercial sort of decision that's been made here by uh, Uncle Ryan. So uh, I think you're pretty spot on that one. And I think Ford have got a massive opportunity now if they really want to have a crack at it. And it's not all about um, the utes and the four-wheel drive market. I mean, it, it, it's certainly that's what's selling at the moment, but there's still a 
big part of middle Australia that's after the V8 muscle, you know, something a bit more than a Ranger or, or the Toyota equivalents because it's something that Ford can, can really lead in, whereas um, everybody's got um, a four-wheel drive twin cab now. You know, so how do we stand out? You stand out with something different than the Mustangs. Yet. So, yeah, great opportunity for those guys coming up now, I think. Well, who knows what the future has. It's going to be a very, very interesting uh, next couple of 12 months. But, uh, Malcolm, it's always a pleasure to get you on board and slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. Stay dry and um, safe travels <laughs> safe travels back home. Thanks, guys. Good on you. See you later on. <laughs> Malcolm Owens there joining us for the Classic Cars Corner. That was the Classic Cars Corner. For Kubota. Building Australia. I genuinely feel sorry for Joe and Malcolm because, Nimsy, they're from Melbourne, obviously, and yes. you guys know how to do a lockdown. And um, he does just have a little little crash pad up here in uh, at Noosa, and he's been dying to get up here with Joe just to get away. For two in, and a in half years. In the sunshine. He's been trying to get up here for two and a half years. He gets here, and we have another unprecedented rain event. And uh, oh, bugger. How long is he here for? Is, is he going to get some good weather before he no, goes No, he home? was here for two weeks, and he's now canned that back to a week, so he's heading home on um, Saturday or Sunday, I think. Bugger. Shout yeah. out to anyone oh, that is uh, up north that is tuning in and listening, and even if you're not listening in it, though, trust me. Um, my, partner's from, just... my partner's from Townsville, I could tell you right now, from the pictures Oof. I've seen in, uh, yeah. in the Ville, it's not as sunny as it once was. Well, mate, it's everywhere. Uh, even here on the, on the uh, land of pineapples and palm trees on the GC, it's, um, it's been heaving for... For about twenty four hours, mm. so yeah, and it's coming your way. It's we're gonna, it's all coming down the coast. So brace yourself, Victoria. I reckon by Thursday, Friday, maybe Saturday, you might have a little bit of precipitation as well. Uh, one from up north, Robin Brisbane has said the XD not having any funding for the rest of twenty two is definitely sad, but I guess there's there's no cash here. Here, there's no cash. All right, cash? No, Robo? No cash. I love See, <laughs> I even asked Robo. We and he said, no cash. Cash. we no even cash. asked you, Rob. Thanks for uh, wow. thanks much. Mm. I love when uh, when people text in <laughs> with the sound effect request. Yes. Uh, Insert sound effect. <laughs> that was good. But uh, <laughs> hey, you're listening to the driver's seat. We do it as always. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we've been shaping and building Australia. We'll talk a bit about Ford in just a moment because I think you would have been uh, secretly on the money last week there, Matthew. But we'll uh, touch on that next. Yes. Right here on the driver's seat. Bit. <laughs> Back with more right after this. <laughs> I get them right sometimes. <laughs> this is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. You know, we, we had a couple of people ask us about our uh, Greyhound update. You know, the... Um, yes, uh, the dogs. Not the dogs, but the dogs, the dogs. if you know what I mean. Um, uh, must, must have, uh, you know... Quite not for the dish lickers, I guess, but I can tell you what, you, you've never seen someone in that studio up in Varsity Lakes move as fast as a greyhound. folks. There we go. <laughs> the greyhound silver streak has just come in sporting a cup of coffee. <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Welcome to the show. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you nodding to the camera too, Steve. Thank you. And you know the hardest thing is, Nimsy, because if you folks, we sit in a, in a lovely glass studio with TV cameras and TV screens and all that sort of stuff, and uh, our microphones are on sort of 10 seconds before we come back to a break. So Nimsy says to me, oh, 10 seconds. So I can't yell out, hey, Steve, we're back on. <laughs> so I'm whacking the desk and I'm doing everything. Here he comes casually around the corner looking at me. 
Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> you mongrels, if you didn't say anything, nobody would know because they can't see me. No, that's right. So we just throw you under the bus. You know what got me out of the kitchen, the Nimsy? I heard this. That's that the too. truck backing up over me. Well, well, the other thing too, Steve, I had to bring that up because, like, the, the vision of uh, <laughs> of Matt, it's like it's like when you're out at a family function and your mum wants to yell at you but doesn't yell at you and yeah. doesn't like the little, <clears throat> you know, like, yeah. and you know that when you get home you're getting an absolute belting. But um, yeah. in the I, car, <laughs> so so to look funny on the camera where Matt was dressing and flapping without making any noise yeah. and then I just casually walk in with yeah. a cup of it, coffee. It, it was a little bit. It looked like an emu. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nice to be a Johnson, folks. Just you know, uh, come on the show whenever you want. Um, but uh, hey, let's quickly do this. And now it's the driver's seat off the track update. Thanks to Burson Auto Parts. Burson, we know auto parts. Yes, and they're known for first class knowledge and service. A quick fire Burson update because we got to we got to touch on a few things that have bubbled to the surface. And uh, Maddie, uh, look. We'll do a quick fire one. A speed round, lightning round. We'll do it. We'll do a very quick fire one. But I preface what I'm about to say in in that these discussions are absolutely in their infancy, so nothing is locked in yet. But during the COVID pandemic, we lost something in this country that I think all motorsport fans, including me, even though I was never allowed to drive one, uh, was stadium super trucks. Jumpy Stevie trucks. J. Yeah. Jumpy trucks, as we uh, we call them, uh, which is a term that is now being colloquially used amongst many journos uh, who are writing things on various websites, the jumpy trucks. Thanks to Mrs. Mac. Thank you to Mrs. Mac. That is a Mrs. Mac-ism. Um, so uh, we know that the Adelaide 500 is coming back in uh, but six months, I believe it is, six or seven months. Um, and I can say now that one of the support categories that is being discussed at length in making its Australian return may in fact be the jumpy trucks, which when they're in Adelaide, Stevie J, it is sensational. It is a track that suits them down to the ground. And I cannot tell you how exciting it is when you stand on the second floor of a corporate facility and you have a jumpy truck going at, at eyeball level straight across the, the, the nose of the, uh, of the corporate facility. So I know there's lots of workings, lots of discussions going on um, in the background there to see if we can get the jumpy trucks back to Adelaide this year. And before anyone texts in, no, I will not be driving. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Mack, I know you're away in Melbourne this weekend, uh, this week, and I'm sure you're listening on SEN in Melbourne there. I will not bother you, darling. I will not be no, ju- no jumpy no trucks jumpy for trucks. Maddie. No, no jumpy, jumpy trucks for Maddie. So um, what do you reckon, Nimsy? Jumping trucks back in Adelaide, success? You've been there. You've seen him. Will the people love it? I don't know. I think you might have been asleep. No, you I did. I, look, that one time I was asleep, and I'm pretty sure that was... Uh... <laughs> oh, Still got geez. the tan. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I haven't forgotten that one, brother. First things first. <laughs> hey, every, hey, listen. That everyone's was... had a drive-by. This I've had three from everybody. I just we go Stevie one. J with the coffee. So now it's your turn. <laughs> what do they think? This is SENSA. Thank you, Coons. <laughs> uh, now, now, <laughs> now, first of two things, uh, that was due to a rather hot, sunny day on top of uh, the uh, pit garage 
in the in the wonderful facilities that they have up there. And, and I a may, couple of Coopers. I was just about to say some of the finest. I was supporting. I was supporting a great supercar sponsor. That's what I was you doing. You were absolutely um, fifty-six uh, Coopers straight down the gullet. <laughs> but um, you are absolutely right, though, uh, Maddie. Mm. It is such a spectacle too. And I had the pleasure of being able to actually see that too when I was in the media room as well. In an, well, uh, in the last time I was at the Adelaide Five Hundred, and you're right when you see him. Right in your face. It's a, it's quite a spectacle. So I really, yeah, really do hope that uh, that is going to be coming to fruition. Um, I'm going I'm to... So, ro- sorry, Nipsey, I'm just no. going to quickly say, so does that mean they're going to have to bring them all back from the States, Matty? I, I, mate, I don't know the details. It's it's very sketchy at the moment. Because we so actually only just touched on it on the show mm. three to three weeks ago, three, three shows ago, four shows ago, yeah. um, that they were getting sent back to America. Yeah, they're gone. We, actually, that's when Nathan Kayser well, we was on. Nathan we got Nathan yeah. They are not here. They are not yeah. in the country. So they would need to come back. Uh, and I think it's perfect because it was, when they did come through Nimsy and Steve, it was a category that um, yeah, I think it just reinvigorated the whole race. It was exciting. There were there was big finishes, American talent, Who Australian would forget Matty Mingay's? You know, he had the he rolled over in the last corner, jumped yeah. out, stood on the top of his yep. car. We yep. had that Sheldon Creed who rolled, rolled up the, the finish line, line yeah. and got it back on its wheels and yep. kept going. It's just exciting it's stuff. Show. It's a great show, and uh, not, I, good, I, not good for OHS and uh, and all <laughs> that, which I think is is a shame because you know we need to put on show. Like it's hard enough getting crowds to events these days, and yep. we need to put on a show to get them there. And we know in the previous Adelaide's that the jumpy trucks were one of the real real things for people to come and see is one of the real yep. attractions. So uh, I think if they're coming back, um, we've got to make this 500 an absolute winner. And uh, I hope all the po- folks who are working in the background on that actually get it across the line because that would be mint. Now, before we pop, uh, like uh, fold up the uh, off-the-track update, I do want to quickly touch on something because you said in passing last week how we won't be seeing any more Ford teams. And... Uh, so, obviously, this is what we're talking about. Walker Trandretti United swapping over to the blue side of the fence. Uh, so, the Ford has actually gone and confirmed that uh, the lineup of teams will make up for a total of 11 Mustangs. So what a shock. You've got the four from Tickford, two each from Walkinshaw, Andretti United, uh, from Grove Racing and from Dick Johnson Racing, respectively, and the single Blanchard Racing Team entry. You said, Manny, especially, I even went and asked you too, like, what about all that chatter about Matt Stone Racing wanting to field um, some Mustangs next year. And BJR. And BJR too. And you went in pretty much categorically when it said, no, nah, not going to happen. Yeah. And I think those discussions had happened, um, you know, over, over the last six months. And, and look, I've I've got to pay credit where credit's due on this one, Nimsy. I've had two or three um, uh, regular listeners of the show uh, actually message me that, at that and that, that, that they were privy perhaps to some some information that back they thought we might chatter. be able to use. Absolutely, lots of back mm. office chatter, um, and so I've got to I've got to pay credit where credit's due. And that wasn't me from wasn't me being um, secret squirrel or any of that sort of stuff. And they were dead set right, which is why I love our audience because my the audience loves to feed me some stuff to to throw around on air. And when I can, I do. And when I can't, or it looks like I'm going to really go to jail, I tend to hold back off it. But is that a big um, thanks to Big Stew? Uh, no, well, I'm not going to put. Big Stew or anyone else? To say. Not going to name names, Steve. That's the, the first Pete? thing as a journal. Big you, Pete? No, I'm no, not. As a journal, you who never, knows it if it's the name? I'm never. Big I, Pete? I'm, I plead the fifth, Your Honour. Big Jason. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to just keep it completely off tap on that one. Could have been. Could have been Dick Johnson. Dick Johnson could have told me. Jilly Johnson, the big DJ. Kelly Johnson. 
Yeah, could he, have been Bree Johnson. Could have been all the Johnsons. Could have been Jet Johnson. Could have been Jet Johnson. Could have been a collaborate group email from every. Could have been. <laughs> could have been Huey Johnson. That's what I've told Jet. Could have been Kelly. Never know. It's not you that can't. It's not you that can't keep a secret. It's everyone you tell can't. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was that was really good. And uh, you know what? Um, Ford have come out with the statement that they are looking for quality, not quantity. They're not looking to dominate the grid um, with their product. They want to make sure that the teams that they cho- that choose are the best to represent them and to take their their brand forward up the grid. So, and I think if we look at whilst Matt Stone has had a great year this year, uh, much better than the years it's had, and they're still building. They're still a very young team. Um, I think they've made the right decision when it comes to them, and and I think they've definitely made the right. Decision, if that's their strategy moving forward, Nimsy and Steve, not to partner with BJR. Not hating on them, but, you know, they're too inconsistent and we know that they're not a, they're not a regular threat. Yeah. So. Uh, well, look, and I think we've got a fairly even balance here now. It's nice to sort of say, because, look, you do have some teams uh, now that, um, that can really throw some big swings. I mean, it has basically been just a DJR v um, Triple H battle so far. And yeah, now with Walkinshaw yeah. there, uh, with the ability to throw a few punches... And uh, even Tim Edwards and Tickbit at times. What's your take on that, mate? It's total bullshit. He should not have got a five-second penalty. It's bullshit. All right, can't add much more to that. That's my, that's that's my new favourite. That one. How um, did you go getting Larko on the show, Nimsy? I'm going to pour the I'm putting the pressure on you. I will, I'm going to I'm going to we'll ask you on. every single week until Larko comes on the show. <laughs> I'll I'll do my best. I'll, yeah, I'll do my best. But uh, otherwise, oh, he's dead to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take a quick pause. Oh, and I, we just quickly, Nimsy, I know you've got to go, but we've just had a text message. Uh, uh, come on, Matt, any update on the Fast Deli tease you alluded to a couple of weeks ago? No, not yet, but what's the date? 11th of May. I reckon this time next week I'll be able to talk about what I was... Uh, nah, it'll be the week after. Don't tell them it's next week because then they'll bring it out the day before. <laughs> yes, that's actually, you, you are watch, fake you, you watch you, um, whoever said that in you watch next Tuesday uh, for a potential statement about Fast Deli I could, we'll I, could I could guarantee you that will probably happen alright you yeah. listen to the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota thanks to uh, for over 40 years they've been making Tomorrow Matter shaping and building Australia together back with more right after this This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We are going to talk about the Formula One, the Miami Grand Prix, but uh, first we'll get to the temper text. 0433 98 11 16. Do you want to read that one, Stevie? Uh, Which one, one? Matty? (laughs) The uh, Jono's one. Jono's one. Uh, fast deli update. See you next Tuesday, Jono. What's that mean, Matty? See, uh, see you next Tuesday. I, I just think it's well, the news cycle. I think uh, yeah, the news cycle is that right, Nimsy? I, oh. I, I, I think Jono is oh, right on the money so. there. All right, Jono. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. We mate. will see you next Tuesday, as uh, the uh, fast deli people would. Uh, love to say. Anyway, um, thank you, Johnny. Uh, 0433 <laughs> is the number if you'd like to text in on the temper text line. But we got to talk about the Miami Grand Prix. Oh, how have I missed those drums? Well, yes. Because unfortunately, if, if folks didn't know, uh, McKeldon's about to throw Johnson on the bus again, uh, under the bus. Um, unfortunately, Stevie had to the ejection handle last week and pop out of the studio for um, a little while and you missed our Miami talk Stevie J when 
Nimsy diligently went into no, the I was listening went on, into the app, the sound on the way home. Booth and picked up the Miami Vice soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. Um, what? Look, okay. So, what did we think? Well, I'll g- give me your opinions first, Stevie J. I, I'd be I'm frothing with excitement about your opinion on the Miami Grand Prix. Um, well, I I love how in America they just do things massive. You know, I love their showmanship. I love their mm-hmm. – uh, I just – I mean, I even love the effort that they went to to make a fake water uh, <laughs> the marina. marina for the boats. You know what I mean? Like in a fake beach. So I think that's cool. Um, I didn't really think too much of the post-race interviews and things like that. You raced him right down into the hole. Like Willie T. Ribs. Come yeah. on, mate. Come on, mate. Seriously. Pull, pull the brakes. Um I understand that's probably cool in America and, and they would all get that. And that's the, the market they're trying to capture. But it is a worldwide um, event, you know, Formula One is. So I wasn't too overly excited about that. Didn't I thought it was a bit tacky. Uh, as for the racing, I thought Max and Charles' race was quite good. Um, I enjoyed watching them battle. But I was just a really – I was really perplexed, Matty, with the track um, – and the surface of the track, and it was like it was raining when you got offline. Like I, yeah. I've never seen a new track, and there's new sections of bitumen there. I mean, any track that I've driven on that's got new sections of bitumen, it's always been extremely grippy and really good to race on. Yeah. So why that track was so one line and so narrow, it's almost like there was bitumen online and dirt offline, um, and it really didn't make for a very good spectacle or race uh, as, a, as a race. From my from my point of view, so I've agree, I agree with so much of what you've just said there. Um, I love the way Americans do things. I lived in America for a number of years. I loved all the A listers going. Yeah. I loved all okay, that. Okay, see now this is where I'm going to have to. No, you I up. loved I loved a lot of that. I loved I love Martin Brundle who <laughs> doesn't I felt so care. bad. For him. Are you looking at my notes over here? <laughs> no, but but having said that, you got to understand that this bloke here, uh, in regard to Martin Brundle, yeah, he gets fed a lot of stuff. That that's you know that's that yes. guy over there. Go and speak to him. That's him. And it was obviously the wrong information. So he doesn't yes. know all these sort of guys. But as much as that was a balls up, you know, with some of the stuff that he was, he didn't. He, he was talking to somebody who actually wasn't him. Yeah, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think it's great because it just shows that it's not. You know, you don't need to be this vanilla, perfect weather person that never makes a mistake. I, I love the fact that. You know, he can roll with mistakes and then he he turns around and goes, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah whatever. You know what I mean? It just keeps going. I just love that. I think it just shows a bit of, bit of personal. It shows people are normal. So there is a saying, big hat, no cattle. And I thought that the whole thing was big hat, no cattle. It was as kitsch as I've, and tacky as I've ever seen anything. And whilst we've always wanted Formula One to become more of a show and more of a spectacle, uh, this time I think it went way over the mark. Um, I get the fact that when they come out on a podium, yeah, the, they the, should represent the, hats, the, the, the home country. Like in Mexico, you have yeah. the big sombrero yep. stuff like that. But coming out in an NFL oh, helmet um, where you couldn't see the faces, I thought was just dumb. I thought when Willie T. Ribs had Charlotte Clerk and he said, Charlotte Clerk. Chuck, Chuckler. <laughs> That's so- I just 
cringed. And you're right in exactly what you say. This is not Road America for an American audience. This is a global broadcast. And I just thought some of the stuff that they did and said was cringeworthy awful. And the Muhammad Ali. The, oh, and like when... And, when and you're I'm, a world champion, every day is Christmas. I, know, I mean, come just, on, I mean, mate. Seriously. I mean, seriously. And... Look, Martin Brundle's pit walk, you're right, he gets fed. Who's he about, who's he about to talk to? He's got a guy that walks two feet from him. And um, he went up to and started talking to a guy and said, oh, that's Patrick Mahomes, who is the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the guy who he was talking to was black and Patrick's white. So I, I just thought, boy, oh, boy, do we know. The race itself, boring as as bat. What, you, know you know what, what I mean? Yep. Until the last 10 laps after Lando's um, hit and the safety cars. The last 10 laps, I thought, was great racing. We didn't know whether Leclerc was actually going to have a real stab at uh, at um, uh, Max. We didn't know um, whether Perez was going to catch um, uh, Science. Uh, I, I thought the last 10 laps were sensational, which tells me that there could be good racing. If you can do 10 laps of good racing, you could do a Grand Prix of good racing. But for whatever reason, track service it was rubbish offline yeah, and weird. very difficult. I tell you who was the absolute standout for me, the standout performer. George Russell. No. Yes, from a car perspective, but from an event perspective, oh, a broadcast yep. perspective, I thought Danica Patrick, Danica Patrick was outstanding. Yep. She made the 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 great majority of the presenters on Sky look like duffers. She was succinct, educated. Um, she was got excited when she needed to get excited without being all American over the top. I thought she was outstanding. And if Sky don't include her, not only for the three US rounds for next year, but other rounds as well, I think they're they're mad. Because you've got to have in the European rounds, you've got to have some American connection. Until you, and until you get a real American driver and or competitive American team, Haas is not that competitive at the moment, mm. doing better. But I just thought she was brilliant and I'd love to see her more. But um, out of 10, what would you have given the Miami Grand Prix? As in the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing, collectively. As oh. a as a school report card, out of 10, what would you have given it for a whole thing? I reckon, I reckon I'd give it probably a 7. Okay. I reckon, I reckon I, you're bang I, on the money there, Steve. What are you at? You reckon 7, Nimsy? I reckon 7 because you, if you take into account the full package, I mean, it, the thing got sold out very, very quickly, and it was just they had to make – because let's face it, it's still a very European sort of sport – like the entire thing yep. is based in Europe or it's got the, the ties to it now, but now if they really want to go global and you've got to appeal to the American market, I know that it's a, a big obsession with like, Oh, we got to make the Yanks love it. We got to make the Yanks love it. Well, they did make the Yanks love it. They just didn't care about the race. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that, it was all, ha- it was as I say, big hat, no cattle for me as a race. And I think they could tighten it up for next year. Um, they could do a whole lot more with it, but I just found it, Cringeworthy, to be quite frank. Most yeah. of it yeah. was just cringeworthy. Yeah, we got a pretty good text coming in here, Nimsy, didn't we? It says here from uh, number ending in 872. Doesn't matter how hard I try, I appreciate the technology and everything involved in making F1 happen. But the racing is a snooze festival. And lately, all chat I've heard, the highlights have been the interviews and snubbing of the grid, the grid of, of the celebrities, celebrities yep. which is true. And I think that... That's not a take on F1. I think that's a reflection, and I think it's 
reflection on the celebrities themselves. I think I, it makes think them so look too. bad because I don't think yeah. that they understand exactly who is seeing what they've just done. You yeah. Know? yeah. And well, they're basing everything off drive to survive. You know, like the, the moment, like, so, you know, Venus and yeah. Serena Williams. I mean, that, that was, was just rude. That was just absolutely rude. That was just rude. Um, you know, Martin Martin had it earlier in the year. Um, who was that? That. Uh, that singer. Oh, the I, I know the one you're talking about. Yes, but I can't yeah. remember who her name is. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think it could have been absolutely outstandingly spectacular. Yep. One thing I think they need to do: change it to a night race. Do you know? Do you know the the mm, downs, I reckon the change down, it to a night race. The downside. The, are you, what we're kind of seeing here a little bit though is the downside of things like Drive to Survive and Nimsy um, agreed. Yeah. Well, well mm. done you for saying that because for all of the fabulous things that Drive to Survive has done. I thought this weekend was a step over the top. Yeah. yeah. There was nothing classy about that race this weekend. Nothing. And Formula One's the pinnacle and it needs to be classy. And as as our texter said, it's got to be good racing. Yes. It's just got to be good racing. If it's crap racing, it's a crap show. Yeah. And apparently the corporate was overpriced. The food was appalling. Uh, the service, it, it cost thousands and thousands of dollars to get into VIP where you weren't treated particularly importantly unless you're a celebrity and they were the VIP, yes. and they got treated well. But, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what the ticket sales are like next year. I'd like to see what, if that's what this is what's going to be uh, – what Miami look like? Imagine Vegas. Oh, that'll be uh... well. And that's they better learn some lessons. Let me tell you. And when we get back, let's uh, let's have a quick chat about Dan Ricardo, shall we, Nimsy? Megan the Megan the Stallion. Me- Who? Megan the oh, Stallion. That's right. Yeah, I, Megan, not... Megan the Stallion, or whatever you want to call it. That's the that's, she a singer. That's yeah. That's the one that snubbed Brundle earlier in the in the year or end of last oh. end of middle of last year. Thing. So well, there you go. Have to well, Google I'm Google her because I didn't be even a fan know of hers anymore. Who it was yeah. whatever. Anyway. Let, let's let's talk about Dan Ricardo. We'll do it in just a moment here on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. For Kubota, for over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. All right, that was the worst one that we've done. Sorry. That was uh, the closest. That was the, that was a swear word and everything. You almost got a swear word <laughs> on the national airways of SEM <laughs> There wasn't even time for a... One sec. Mumsy as all would have been very upset had you let that one slip. All you heard was... <laughs> we, we fell down a... Uh, full disclosure at home. We fell down a Google uh, little trap here. We did. Danica Patrick's marital status. Yeah. <laughs> just, we were just checking. But um, anyway... Uh, lots of stories about Danica from the past and people that you've known, Stevie J. Uh, mm. Tom, Tom in Toowoomba has chimed in. Uh, Danica Patrick will be back with Sky F1 this year at Montreal and in Texas. Very good, Tommy. Excellent. And hopefully next year with Vegas, I could see her. At, could you? I could see Danica at uh, where Monaco, maybe. Yep, absolutely. I, I think we should get. She her down. was just so good. She with, was so good with her. Um, you know, I mean, and it's you know, obviously there there are other other ladies there that that do uh, interviews and things, but they're not on the front line. You know, with the Jensen buttons and with the talent talking about the racing and yes, and actually having experience in racing themselves totally you know in professional level indycar level nascar level and yeah. and every comment that she said there was nothing silly there was, no, it was nothing relevant it was all relevant yeah. it was all yeah correct that's yeah. that's actually you know i mean it's stuff that i wanted to know as a driver yes you know and i think she did a super job there and i think she really compliments that 
that uh, commentator group really, really well. Yep. One okay. from, uh, speaking of ladies, uh, Kimbo in Basewater, Bayswater, sorry, has uh, chimed in. Miami GP, got up early to watch it live after all the hype and was disappointed. Agree with Matthew's view 100%. Danica Patrick, definitely a highlight, and I think I've heard, and I think I've heard she's back for the Canadian GP, which is great if true. Uh, are we assuming Kimbo's a female? Kimbo I might be a male. I've got Kim Jane's a great a, mate of mine, and I've I call him Kimbo. I've got a couple of mates. Uh, Kimbo? Kimbo's? Let us know. From Bayswater? Are you a Kim he or a Kim or a bow? she? You a Kim or a bow? Yes. I feel like Whatever. she told us this before, but does it, does it really no, matter? No, anyway. no, no, no. That was that was another lady who's uh, up in um, around Newcastle. Right. She corrected me live on air. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, was, we could be getting then, a, yes. another correction <laughs> live on be, air here. No, too. I've <laughs> asked for clarification. I am not. <laughs> I am not uh, having a crack at all. Uh, and um, congratulations to Sydney Kings, who have just oh, yes. become the NBL national NBL championships, the basketball champions. Which I don't think someone was happy about Nimsy because we got They're a texting in on our we line. Weird, we got a weird text message there about uh, being rude. Yeah. Someone being rude. Totally biased commentators. So blatant, so rude. We wouldn't do it to you. Childish, really. I, I thought oh. I thought they were talking about skate. How's, <laughs> how's the how's the fire coming on about basketball? Cat like reactions from Stevie J. Uh, <laughs> well done, Scafey. Um That's, mate. Now now oh, that was better. Oh, that was better, mate. Is that better? He oh, is yeah. a fan of mine. Scafey's not. Now, um, <laughs> just quickly, before we went to the break, we why he doesn't like us. Before we uh, we went to the break, we touched on one Daniel Ricardo. Yes, you so, had some thoughts, look, Matthew. Yeah, I do, and I and I'm I'm going to sound awfully unpatriotic here. This could I, I could be thrown off air, Steve. I could have my passport taken revoked. Off revoked. Revoked. I could be. I reckon Dan Ricardo is gonski for next year. He's just not getting his head around this car. And I think in two years, that's the new norm, Stevie J, for getting your head around it. Mm-hmm. He's gradually making his way down. Where do you reckon he'll go? Uh, I don't know where he would go from an F1 point of view. I would love to see him in IndyCar. I would love to see him Do you him reckon he'd go back deal. to Red Bull? Uh, no. No. No, I don't think he would because you're just now just going to absolutely play second fiddle. Yeah. And he's already playing second fiddle to Lando. Mm. What I would love to see, I mean, he's just bought a house in LA for $16 million. I would love to see him do a direct swap with someone from McLaren SP. IndyCar, SP, yeah. and go across and run McLaren over there in IndyCar. I think it would suit him. They're a car that you can actually pass. Can you imagine if we saw Dan Ricciardo up against Scotty Mack just – Flowing it down the inside, licking the stamp and sending it yep. in at Road America and at Long Beach. And all that Dan is, is I think it would just suit him beautifully to go across in America. It would rejuvenate his career. He'd be with other Aussies. He'd be in a supportive environment. I think Dan should go to IndyCar before he, he drops further down the grid order. Because I don't think he's – that McLaren's not that bad. If Lando's out qualifying him and Lando's finishing in the top five, well, he's out qualified in the, the last time. either eight or nine events in a row. That's right. So I just I I, I feel for you, Dan, because l- the moment you left Red Bull, unfortunately, your fate was sealed, um, and nothing good came of Renault, and now you've gone to McLaren on the promise of great results, but the car's just not working for you. And as much as Zach Brown, Zach Brown can't. I'll, I'll go far, so far as to say I don't think Zach Brown can afford to have Dan in that car 
not performing for another year. He's got to move him. But what do you do then? You go to America, you maybe take not even a tenth of what you get paid in F1. Who cares? He doesn't care. You reckon? Yeah, he got paid $50 million to be at Renault. I, I, no, I, I, I don't think Dan cares about money anymore. I reckon if Dan can can genuinely look back and say, gave F1 a great crack, had a great time, and now I'm won some races. car champion, won some races, made a boatload of cash, he'll go over and get paid, what, five, ten mil to oh, be an IndyCar driver? Five mil? Live life, enjoy, studies, studies his clothing line like every other Formula One driver at the moment. Maybe start singing. Mate, well, no, Bring out a rap song, no, as they do. Bad, bad singer. <laughs> they do. Yeah, no, yeah, but we don't talk about that. But you don't need to sing when you rap. Singer. You go, you auto-tune it. You just rap. Yeah. You just talk. Yeah. Well, maybe you could do that. But I just I just think IndyCar is his destination, and I'd love him to go there. And Kimbo, <laughs> welcome aboard, <laughs> Kimbo. <laughs> she's she's, she's been here before. Idiot. Yeah, Kimbo, you're a female, and we love that you're listening and love that you text into the show, and you're part of the you're part driver's, of the driver's seat, seat family. family. Just, just remember, Kimbo, they're older than I am and I have a better memory. <laughs> uh. <laughs> has, Kimbo, has Kimbo confirmed that before? I don't think Kimbo has. I'm pretty that, – that's why no, I said she was no, a lady. No, I don't think she has. I will come up with the name at the next ad break <laughs> as to who smacked me live on air because I Gabes. called them a male. Gabes. Gabes. <laughs> it was Gabes. In a different state. In a, in a different state, it was. It was Gabe's in New South Wales, and I think I was thinking that it was like Gabriel as a bloke, but it might just be Gabby. Dig up. Dig, yeah. dig up, Matthew. Dig up. Um, <laughs> um, you'll Another to... drive-by on McKeldon. That's four for the evening. Now, we have, we've, we're almost like at the... a member of the Jack Jumpers. We're almost at the end of the evening, so we'll take a quick pause for the course and talk about the Bathurst 12-hour. We'll do that next right here on the driver's seat. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. All right, we're going to rip through this fairly quickly, but the uh, the Bathurst 12-hour is this weekend, and we'll uh, spend a couple of minutes on this. But uh, a fair bit of supercars presence at the 12-hour, obviously, because there's not too many internationals making their way through for obvious reasons. No, there's not, is there? I mean, no. uh, my ex-teammate... Uh, Maro Engel's coming out. Yes, yes. He is. He's coming out today or yesterday. That Maro's coming yesterday. out. Yeah, he's coming AMG out to drive one of the driver. one of the one Craft of the Mercs. bamboo ba- uh, Mercs. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be cool to see Maro back out here. I think we've got to go into this weekend, and it is this weekend, gentlemen. Um, that this Bathurst twelve hour is it's 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 the Clayton's twelve hour. It's a twelve hour you have when you're not having a twelve hour because <laughs> literally this is they could only get twenty entrants. It's going to be the the regular broadcasters, which are Radio Le Mans people and some Australian broadcasters, can't make it out. Um, it's going to be very different to the raging success of the 12 hours we've seen up until COVID, and I think will be again. I just think that this weekend, unless, the race, unless Stevie J, there are five cars at the front racing nose to tail for 12 hours, mm. it's going to be a very difficult thing to watch potentially. I uh, hope I'm wrong. But because the 12 hour is such an awesome event um, and the fans absolutely love it. We love it. I think um, uh, we have to just give them a bit of a free pass this weekend because I, I, I don't think it's going to be real easy for them. I reckon you're right there too. And the good thing is at least with the uh, the 12 hour this year, and this is something that will please the fans, is that it is uh, broadcast on free-to-air TV. Uh, Mark Broder and Chad Nalon will be doing... 
the coverage. Yeah. Garth Tan Nolte, Knuckles Nolte. Yeah. Crowley will be wild. there as well. Crowley, the ultimate professional who should be overseas. I think he's good enough mm. to be. I think, in fact, beside Neil Crompton, I think he is the best caller in the country. Yeah. Oh, Richard he, Grail. He, he did. He did a stellar work at the F, at the uh, F one. How F1. good was that? Yeah. 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 With yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, you know, zero prep. Mm. Yep, he's he's excellent. Lives in South Australia. He's a good South Australian boy. He lives in Lindock in South Australia. Very proud and, South uh, Aussie. Very proud South Aussie. And I, I remember we were calling the IndyCar race together here on the Gold Coast, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago when we had IndyCars here. And I said to him, mate, fair dinkum, you should be overseas. And I wish he'd listen to me because look what, what Crackers Diffie is doing over in America um, for NBC. And Richard Crails is equally as good as Diffie, if not even better. I think. So Channel 7 telecast begins at midday on Saturday and the entire 12 hour will be shown on Sunday from 5am on Channel 7 and 7 mate. Uh, Foxtel of course and KO will have every session broadcast live and commercial free. We'll take a quick pause for the cause and wrap up the program here on the driver's seat. As always we do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Australia. Thank you to everyone that's texted in this evening. It's uh, We've loved your texts. And uh, just quickly, we've got to mention uh, some loose ends. Um, wild cards will be happening at the Pizza Hut Winton Super Sprint. Oh, I do love the Pizza Hut has got involved with uh, <laughs> with the Winton Super Sprint, but um, yeah. So the grid's going to bolster to twenty seven. Uh, Jordan Boys will be making his solo debut along uh, on an Image Racing supported Erebus Motorsport Commodore because they've got a little Super Two link, don't they? They do. Hmm. They do. And they then do. Um, uh, yep. And and uh, who else is there? Jaden Ojeda. Oh yeah, the, the juice the with juice. Uh, with Walkinshaw. So um, good for him because he's he's been without a ride this year. So that's good for him. And speaking of wildcards, we got a text earlier. Um, I can't remember who it was from, but we got a text earlier asking: Is Craig Lowndes going to have a co-drive at Bathurst this year? The answer is yes, he will be. And uh, Steve Johnson and I both believe that he will be co-driving a wild card, triple eight wild card entry with Cameron Hill while um, GT and J-Dub uh, pair up with the two main guys at um, at Triple Eight. We think that uh, Lounsey, or as our many fans like to call him, Clownsey, <laughs> will be um, will be in a car, which would be great. Should be good to see. So J-Dub mm. in car 88. I reckon with Brock. Yep. So, yep, obviously. And keep that yeah. winning formula and of GT uh, with SVG. Because they're both Lowndes nine foot tall. With, I reckon Cam Hill. Yeah. What did I say? Did I say Cam Hill? Yeah, Cam Hill. Oh. Yep. Hmm. But he yeah, won the six hour recently. Yeah, and who's driving for Triple Eight and Super yeah, Two? That's right. And so doing a good job. Watch this space. But uh, a big thank you yeah. to everyone for jumping on board the program. Enjoy the Bathurst six hour. And we'll see you next or week. 12, or 12 hour even. You can in- <laughs> watch it twice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week on the driver's seat. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.